Welcome, Mainspringers. Well, our episode today is part of our nonprofit spotlight series, and we are featuring the Gray Academy. And we have with us today guests Kristen Gray, uh, who founded the Gray Academy in Santa Monica, and Dana Tompkins, who's going to be uh, starting up the Gray Academy in Orange County. And uh, Kristen, I am just so excited to be talking about this with them. I'm so excited, too. And I feel like it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, The Gray Academy is for exceptional children with neurological disorders. And it's a nonprofit, non-public K-5 elementary school for children with special needs. And it's been wildly successful in Santa Monica because there's really nothing like it. Um, And it's just really exciting that we're going to have one here in our backyard in, in Orange County, and I'm really excited to hear these women's journeys and really what brought them to to this moment of, of working with the Gray, or excuse me, starting the Gray Academy and, and, and being ready to open a second location. All right, well, let's get started. This is Mainspring Family Wellness, where transformation takes root. This podcast is for parents pursuing both personal growth and family wellness. We will cover relevant topics that help us reflect, make educated choices, and parent effectively. My name is Kristen Perlmutter. I'm an educator, a philanthropist, and a mother of three who is passionate about personal growth and seeing families at their optimal wellness. And I'm Dr. Jenna Flowers, a marriage and family therapist, author of The Conscious Parent's Guide to Co-Parenting, speaker, and mother of three. We're so excited to have Kristen Gray and Dana Tompkins here with us today. Welcome, Kristen and Dana. Thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, thank you both for taking the time out of your day to join us on our podcast today and and share with us more about what you are up to in Orange County. Yeah, Kristen, tell us a little bit about your family story and really what led to you opening the Gray Academy in Santa Monica. It's a very long story, so I will try to make it as abbreviated as possible. Um, I had my daughter Charlotte in 2010. She was born typical, typical birth. Um, up until the first four years, had met all of her milestones developmentally. Some before, um, you know, her milestones were you know set to achieve, and and some maybe a little bit later. But very typical, from what I understand, as a first time mom, um, first four years, and then. My husband and I started noticing some things that seemed a little off. Um, She started stuffing her mouth um, with food, almost like she didn't have the sensation of her mouth being full. Um, And Christmas 2014, she tripped over some packages and she had an arm tremor, which was very strange. Mm -hmm. Um, That led us down the path of neurology visits and ultimately MRIs and EEGs. And typically for families, this can be a very long journey. For us, it was a three-month journey from kind of, you know, that tremor up until diagnosis. But she was diagnosed with a rare neurological disorder called Batten disease, CLN6. It's a classified as a lysosomal storage disorder. Basically, she doesn't produce a protein in that recycles the waste in the neuron. And with the waste buildup in the neuron is loss of skill. So for her, it was speech first. Um, so upon diagnosis, they said it's very rare. There's one other child that has this in the world. And you have a 25% chance of your other daughter having the same thing. 
which of course was like another gut uh, wrenching punch. So three weeks later, Gwyneth, our second daughter, was also diagnosed um, with the same thing. This was all in in 2015. Um, In March of 2015, I remember it so very vividly. They basically sat us in this windowless room and said, it's rare, it's incurable, prepare your home for wheelchairs, Um, kiss your children, and there's nothing you can really do. Um, My husband and I... I think just personality-wise are very well matched. We said that's not going to be our path, um, and we're going to fight for a cure or a treatment or something. Um, we kind of started galvanizing the medical field market and the the community of Batten disease parents. There are 14 forms. Um, it's either an enzyme or a protein issue along all 14. Um, and we started a foundation in June of 2015 called the Charlotte and Gwyneth Gray Foundation to Cure Batten Disease. In March, a year to the date of Charlotte's diagnosis of 2016, we successfully launched uh, the first of its kind clinical trial at Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio, in gene therapy. So um, basically, we took a correct copy of the CLN6 gene. We put it in what's called an AAV9 vector. It's like a common cold AAV9. We probably all would test positive for it if we if we took a test. Um, and they inject it intrathecally, like a epidural, into the lower lumbar region of the spine. It runs through the brain and kicks out a correct copy of the gene. So if all things go well, um, then they're producing enough protein to recycle the waste in the neuron. Um, we treated 15 children. Um, we have found now, what, six years later or whatever it is, um, that the children that were asymptomatic, meaning didn't show really any symptoms of the disease, um, did far better than those that were symptomatic. And for my oldest, Charlotte, she uh, suffered pretty much every loss uh, about three months prior to the treatment. Um, So her ability to walk, her ability to talk, her ability to feed herself, um, you know, cognitively, she had decline. So it was pretty devastating because it's a very progressive disease. And we were hopeful, even though a year is a short time to go from no research to research to a clinical trial to a treatment, um, it's too long for children with this kind of disease. So it did stabilize the disease for her. She is still with us, um, but she has a lot of challenges. And the same challenges that existed before treatment are, you know, still there and still present um, after the fact. And so that led us to starting a school. Yeah. Wow. That's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. Tell us about the school. So when we came back from Columbus, there just really wasn't an appropriate place to send Charlotte for school. She was um, fully dependent on a caregiver. Um, The public schools, we live in Los Angeles and the LAUSD is not equipped to deal with children with moderate to severe disabilities. There just really aren't. Um, places for them and and that's so then unbelievable and it's terrible oh and now more so because they've closed even more of the um the special day classes and that's a whole nother podcast but <laughs> um we decided we we started one nonprofit. Why not start another? <laughs> um, I found myself sitting in a lot of therapy waiting rooms while Charlotte was in speech therapy or occupational therapy. And a lot of the parents that I would talk to kind of ha- shared the same sentiment. We drive around all day. School's not appropriate. 
You know, they're not really taking care of the child and the child's needs are, are well beyond what the school can provide in a traditional academic setting. Um, and so we started the Gray Academy in September of 2018. It's a non-public private school for children with moderate to severe disabilities. Um, and the first year we raised a bunch of money and were able to send the children there with the funding that we raised. And during that year, we were certified by the state of California so that we could receive funding from local school districts. So children that are in a resident home school that don't their families don't believe there's an appropriate place for them can request from that school district that they be placed and funded with a non-public school like ours. So it is a self-funding venture. Mm -hmm. Now what comes in goes out. So there's always um, a need for more children that won't get the approval from their districts, which there have been few of those cases, but not many, thankfully. Um, incentivizing extra funds to incentivize staff to stay and work harder. Mm -hmm. um, it's really hard to find great mod severe credential teachers. So, um, you know, there's still that funding and fundraising to do, but we've been in uh, in our program for five years now. We're in our fifth year and we've grown exponentially and we've found that there is just a really great need for what we're doing and we can't provide that all in one location. So how many wow. students do you have at the Gray Academy? So we currently have 10 so each child has a support staff, whether it be a health aide, an LVN, uh, a paraprofessional, a behavioralist. Um, and so with those 10 come 10 staff members that support them. And then we have two teachers and another paraprofessional. So it's a large group of individuals, and, and we've grown slowly and purposefully that way because we feel like we don't want to compromise the Quality. The, the quality of the program. Um, we have five children on our waiting list right now, and we just moved into a new space to accommodate probably up to 18. Um, but it's going to require, you know, multiple locations to, to you know, fill the demand and the need, which is why we're sitting here. Well, first of all, congratulations. Like, that's just an incredible thing that you've created. And um, I know that there's a need down here in Orange County, too, and it's really exciting to hear that you're going to be opening a second school. And I know Dana has was very instrumental in getting that going. Yeah. So tell us your story, Dana. Sure. So um, I had my son, Bennett, in 2019. Um, and, you know, I had a totally healthy pregnancy, but he suffered a birth injury. So there was a lack of oxygen during labor. And that resulted in a brain injury and ultimately a diagnosis of cerebral palsy and global developmental delays. So what that means for Bennett, I mean, it's a lot of the similar outcomes to Kristen's daughter where, um, you know, he is nonverbal. He's not able to, um, you know, sit up on his own or walk on his own. And he is G-tube fed, so fed through a feeding tube. Um, so obviously we were kind of thrust into this world of disabilities, um, right from the start. And so since Bennett was a couple months old, when he was released from the NICU, we were running around to all the different therapy places, you know, PT, OT, feeding, as he's gotten older, speech therapy, and many different alternative therapies that we um, work on with him. And I'm sure if I lived up in L.A., Kristen and I would have met a lot sooner at some of these different therapy places. Um, 
So, you know, we spent almost three years doing that, just running all day long, getting him the therapies that he needs. Um, and then when you they turn three, you start thinking about, okay, you know, you want your child to be able to go to, a, to preschool. Sure. And what is that school environment going to look like for him? Um, and kind of started looking at private schools in Orange County and definitely couldn't find anything that route that felt like they could accommodate his complex needs. Um, and then went to the public school system and still felt after going through their process, we just didn't feel comfortable with what they were offering us. And then it was also looking at, I'm going to take him out of these great private therapies that we're doing with him, where we are seeing some great progress um, to put him in a situation where he it doesn't feel like he would be getting all of those things. So, um, you know, of course, doing tons of research online, looking for what could work for my son, and I really kind of getting despondent, like, how is there nothing in Orange County that's right for him. But I did come across the Gray Academy in my research. And so I just wrote the, you know, info at Gray Academy email and said, hey, you know, I think you're probably too far for me to commute to drive him every day. But have you ever thought about opening a school down here? And I mean, kind of put that out there and didn't know what to expect. And Shortly thereafter, I get an email back directly from Kristen Gray, um, you know, saying, yeah, I have actually thought about it. I just don't I'm not as familiar with the need down there. And so pretty quickly I said, well, I think I can gather some families pretty quickly that would be interested in this. So, um, you know, we've galvanized the community down here. Of course, there are many other families like mine with children that either already are in the school system and they're not happy with, you know, what's being offered to them or they've been homeschooling them because they feel I need to keep taking them to these private therapies that they're doing. And the beauty of the Gray Academy is, A, it recognizes what that those days look like for those parents of running around to appointments all day long, but also the the fact that those parents don't want to give up those wonderful therapists that they're using. So it kind of brings everything in-house for the child. Um, and I'll let Kristen speak more to kind of what the program looks like. But that's what initially drew me to it and just felt like, wow, this is what I've been looking for. Can you help us understand a little more about what is a typical day for you with, with your kids? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? <laughs> If you saw my day yesterday, you would laugh. But I'm sure Dana can 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 share with you a little bit. But I mean, look, it's not to dismiss any parent, um, any any parent's role, neurotypical child or otherwise, is a challenge. But then you add the layers of lifting, transferring, diapering, showering. You know, whether your car is handicap accessible, are you transferring them from a like thousand pound wheelchair into a five thousand dollar car seat because everything is more expensive in the special needs community? Mm -hmm. It's it's a total joke, but it is. Um, or do you have a lift or have you gotten your minivan adapted? I mean, there's just so many more layers of um, care mm -hmm. and, you know. 
we entered this world much later um, in our children's journey than Dana did. And so we went from neurotypical and potty trained and swimming across a pool and playing soccer and gymnastics to loss over the course of a year for Charlotte. And for Gwen, it's it's been pretty slow, um, which thankfully. But um, it's a challenge. Yeah. Dana, I'm sure you can share some of your day to day. Yeah, I think you hit on one of the big points, which is that it's such a physical um, – there's such a physical aspect to it, obviously, when you're – you know, you have a child that's not able to do all of these things and you want them to have the same experiences as a neurotypical child. So if I, you know, want Bennett to be able to play with Play-Doh, I'm either physically supporting him, helping him sit up in my lap and helping him take, you know, use his hands to have that sensory experience. Everything is, they just need, I'm not going to say a little extra help, a lot of extra help. Um, and yes, I, there are times where I think if I was on a candid camera show, it, it would be it actually you have to laugh sometimes at just trying to load the car up, you know, when yeah. we don't have that ramp yet for a wheelchair. So we have a 50 pound adaptive stroller and I'm trying to get, you know, him into the cart. We ended up having to get a car seat that turns towards the door just so I could get him safely in and out of the seat. Um, because he also isn't able to even, you think about carrying your child around, that's one thing, but he's not able to help at all with, you know, holding around your neck or whatever. So it's, um, it's, there's a very physical aspect to it. Um, I know everyone with neurotypical children as well, you're running around to things all day long, but it's a lot of running around to stuff that, you know, you really have to change your mindset because it can get – it's not fun always to Depressing. be taking them. Yes. You want to go to take them to soccer practice on a Saturday, not hippotherapy. Yes. Or, you know, or birthday parties or, yeah. what you know, all the things that you think about when you're wanting to become a mom or you're about to become a mom or yeah. a caregiver, a, a dad. I think we moms talk a lot about moms and sometimes we forget about the dads. But, (laughs) you know, you have all these kind of hopes and dreams for what your typical life will look like as a parent. And you have to completely shift those expectations. And that can be really hard. Yeah. And, you know, he we're seeing great progress with Bennett, you know, doing PT, uh, physical therapy in that, you know, it's helping him gain core strength and hold his head up better. And of course, that affects everything because he's seeing the world differently. Um, And cognitively, that helps. Um, But you're still a lot of times it's a three year old that you're making do physical therapy three or four times a week, and he doesn't really want to do that. Um, So I always say he's the hardest working three and a half year old around, you know, um, but for all those struggles there, it makes the accomplishments just that much sweeter. Um, you know, I gave up on worrying about milestones pretty early on because you could drive yourself crazy with that when they as they get missed. Um, but I think we call them inch stones. Um, so there's stuff like, you know, he just got to the point where he is able to on his own bring his hand up to his mouth. And that's so – to be able to self-soothe 
and get his thumb in his mouth. It's such a simple thing. And I never thought I'd be so, you know, excited or wanting him to be able to suck his thumb. But it's so huge for him to be able to calm himself down um, and makes a big difference. So it's the little things that you really learn to appreciate out of this journey. I mean, you kind of have to, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, if you think about just the infancy stage, we're kind of stuck in that infancy stage, but Mm -hmm. you have children that are 70 pounds and also are more vocal at times, you know, get more for it. Like Gwen, I know we just went trick-or-treating and her favorite holiday is Halloween. Like (laughs) always has been, like loves everything about it. And this year we made a trash truck and we put it around a red wagon and we put her in as the truck driver Callan and my other kids had to go with her trolls theme last year so this year was (laughs) Callan's theme which was trash I was blue trash recycle my husband was stinky trash as Callan calls it my son was a skunk we went through this whole thing but she was really vocal because once I got her out and started walking with her supported to the doors she was so excited and the second I tried to put her back into her wagon she, you know, would yell. She was super upset. And I, my husband is far more patient. I'm very patient, but on the scale of the two of us, he's more patient. Um, And he's like, she's just frustrated because she wants to go and run Mm -hmm. and do all of those things she she can't do now. And she's pissed about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I get it, but I just want her to enjoy like what we are doing, you know? And so there is a... There's a lot of that emotional kind of pull, too, where you're you're really trying to be empathetic, mm-hmm. you know, to your child and what, what they're going through because you don't know what's in their brain. Like, you don't know how they're really feeling, and you're trying to address those needs, and it's just very different, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so tell us a little bit more about the, um, the solution, the multi-pronged solution you guys have at the Gray Academy to help families, um, you know, the the learning, the extracurricular activities, the services that you offer. Yeah. So, you know, our philosophy is treating the whole child Mm -hmm. and meeting them where they are, right? So every child is going to have kind of a different um, composition and different goals, just like in our IEPs that we get from our local school districts, where we get assigned kind of what our academic goals are, what our, you know, related services goals are. But we, we really... Um, are very thoughtful about who we bring into the school. It has to be an appropriate fit. Um, you know, the district always says that they want a, the least restrictive environment for these kids, and we are a very restrictive environment, and we're proud of that. I mean, we accommodate medically fragile children. So during COVID, we were already equipped to handle it. You know, none none of our kids ever got COVID in school. None of our staff ever got COVID in, in the school setting. It was never spread out because we were already equipped mm-hmm. to handle medically fragile. Um, and we're a small, controllable setting. And that's really important with our kids so that we can give them everything that we have, you know, while while we're there during the school day. So all of the related service providers, PT, OT, speech, we have all those traditional therapies, but they go well beyond what a public school would give. So public schools will say, and it's really mind-numbing, like a physical therapist, my daughter's physical therapist in the public school will say, well... I'm a school-based PT. And I'm like, did you go to PT school and highlight school-based or is it just 
a, a degree. It, well, it's a degree, right. So when you're working on Gwen transferring from her desk to standing and to walking, don't you think PT would help with that? Strengthen her core, strengthen her glutes, quad strength, transitions, blah, blah, blah. Yes, but that's not what we do here. So at the mm-hmm. Gray Academy, we work on everything. So if the child comes in and they have high tone or if the child comes in and they have ataxia or if the child comes in and they're extra tired, we're going to respond differently Mm -hmm. in that day. Um, Our therapists are trained in things outside of just traditional interventions. So our physical therapist is trained in something called MNRI, Moscatova Neuro Reflex Integration. So basically, it's kind of working with the kids and laying the foundation before you build on these pillars. So fight or flight, like primitive reflex, the things that you see with babies and newborns early on that they naturally develop. These are things that we're working on again for a lot of our kiddos. Um, I know Dana has um, been working with MNRI for a bit as well. So we try to find and, and cultivate providers that really think outside the box with their care. Um, Our PT has been working with the mod severe population for 17 years. There was a time where we had a PT that had never worked with the mod severe population. Mm -hmm. We learned quite quickly that she was not a fit. No offense to her, but it's just you really have to know how to work with these kids, how to move these kids, how to how to carry these kids. Um, and you have to have seen all different types of children with disabilities, because if you haven't and you get one of our children, you're not going to know what to do with them mm-hmm. um, because traditional therapy doesn't work. I just want to acknowledge something really quick that I love about what I'm hearing for you for the Gray Academy is that sometimes within our public school districts, we have um we have a treatment plan, you know, our academic treatment plan to then move a child into the next grade. Are we checking the boxes to make sure that the school district has done what uh, is necessary for you to, to continue to move on? But that is an academic plan that doesn't take in the whole child. Mm-hmm. And what I hear that's so different about the Gray Academy is you're really looking at, like, how this child now moves and evolves into the person they need to become for life, mm-hmm. not just to move into fourth grade, yeah. not, you know, fifth grade curriculum. And I think that is so essential. And it's kind of a breakdown, in my opinion, of what's happened within our our school systems, in my opinion. I think it's overburdened, overtaxed. Uh, there are a lot of lawsuits that have now also um, impacted our, our public school districts. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other discussion. It is. <laughs> but what I would say, though, for what you guys are trying to do is remarkable because it really takes in the whole needs of these kids oh, for, for a full life. Um, so. Yeah, I just need to, I needed to thank acknowledge you. that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, the social-emotional piece is just as important. Essential. In neurotypical schools as it is in our school. And so we don't, you know, all of our curriculum is, is, um, is adapted to the needs of the child. So, yes, of course, each child has academic goals, and we try to get, you know, towards those goals. But we also work with our school districts on setting those goals so that they're realistic. Because yes. a lot of times you get these silly goals like 60% of the time draw a straight line and they're just they're silly goals. Right. So we collaborate. Thankfully, we have some really great district partners um, outside of the LAUSD um, that really lean on us to help us and them support and deliver um, realistic goals for the kids. And so, you know, each curriculum is really customized 
for the kiddo. And we and we pull from, you know, three different curriculums and our teacher really likes to spend independent time with our kiddos. So there is opportunity for one-on-one or small group um, sessions. Um, you know, we have music and social skills, which our kid kiddos love. We have pediatric yoga, um, which our kiddos love. We did have, um, we called it floating Fridays. We would walk to the YMCA and we would have aquatic therapy with a, a trained aquatic therapist in the pool. And then COVID happened. And so we're trying to get that back. Mm. Um, uh, we do community outings so that our kids can get out into the community and, and you know, see what's out there. So whether it be going to Underwood Farms, which we just did, or the Kate and Children's Museum, there, there's a lot integrated into the program. And, and we're trying to bring more as we have, um, you know, the time and the funding to do that. Wow. Well, so what's next? I mean, I, I know there's talk of a, opening a school in Orange County. Can you tell us what's happening Yeah, so once Kristen and I connected, um, and I've got this group of parents who are very interested down in Orange County, we've had a few, a couple of meetings with the local parents just so they can ask Kristen questions and understand more about the program. Um, You know, what's next is, well, we're aiming to open this this next fall, so fall of 2023. Um, we, you know, I'm working on finding a location that, of course, will be central. Orange County's pretty spread out. So, you know, once we know who is very serious about sending their child in the fall, I think that'll help inform um, what's going to be a great central location that'll work for everyone, both in South County and, you know, in Newport, Huntington areas as well. Um, but before that, what kind of I, I don't know if I'll say dropped in our laps. Um, Kristen may have done a little more work than that to have it drop in her lap. Um, but is this opportunity to do a fundraiser um, to help get us started? Um, so we do have a fundraiser coming up. It's going to be a holiday concert here in Newport on Sunday, December 11th that we're really serious about, or really serious, really excited about. (laughs) And and very serious about it. Um, but the really exciting part is that David Foster and Catherine McPhee Foster have, um, agreed to participate. So exciting. Yes. Um, so that's going to be wonderful. Um, you know, we're, we're working on sponsorships for that right now. We are going to be having, it starts at four on that Sunday and there will be a cocktail hour with some really fun holiday vendors doing like a little holiday boutique. Be at the Hyatt Newport? Yes. At the Hyatt Back Bay Amphitheater in Newport. Um, we have a couple of wonderful co-hosts who are personal friends of the Greys. I'll let you talk a little bit about them, Kristen. Oh, <laughs> um, my best friend, Tracy Tudor um, from Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Um, we've done this event before. We did it uh, before we launched our Santa Monica location, and Tracy generously offered to host um, with uh, another gentleman by the name of Scott MacArthur. He's an actor. Um and now this year, she is going to host again, uh, along with Gordon's best friend, Brian Curry, and happens to be my son's godfather. He is a Academy Award-winning screenwriter. He did The Green Book. He just oh, did wow. The Greatest Beer Run Ever with Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. Um, super talented, even more funny 
Um, <laughs> and so the two of them haven't seen each other, I think, since our wedding in 2010. So I think it'll be a, a, they'll have a fun riff with each other. Um, and yeah, we're we're super excited. So the funds raised for this event will benefit the opening of the new school as well as the existing school. Um, and we'll have some carolers there. I think it's been a long time coming to have some festive holiday events. We've missed out on those opportunities for a couple years. David and Catherine are finishing up their holiday album. And so we felt like it was a perfect opportunity to do this event in December. And, you know, the last event um, David did was spectacular and kind of um, went through chronologically his his gifted career and all of the talented musicians he's worked with and composed for over, you know, multiple decades. Um, but this one's going to be a, probably a mix of both, mostly holiday, but also him kind of going back in time and, and highlighting some of um, the work he's done. And, and he's he's quite talented. And, oh, and very talented. she has the most spectacular voice. We just got to see her sing with Andrea Bocelli. And oh, wow. that was unbelievable. Well, we can't wait. Both Jenna and I are going to be there, and Yay. we're so excited to support. And we want to help. Yes. So we really want to be able to assist, too, if you need any we, extra we'll hands on help. deck. Yes, yes, yes. And, yes. and how can our listeners learn more about the event, buy tickets, donate, find or you? Also find out more information about the Gray Academy in Orange County. Yeah, so you can go to our website, which is www.thegray, with an A, academy.org, and you can go to the events page. Um, there's obviously other information on there um, if you're inquiring about a tour for the school or you want to apply for the school or just learn more about what we do and who we are. All that info is on our website. Um, and then there are links to buy tickets or to potentially sponsor the event. Hopefully we'll be launching, fingers crossed, ticket sales tomorrow. Um, and, yeah, we're excited. We hope to sell out uh, 750 strong. That's great. And, um, have a successful, fun event. All of our events are fun. Everything we've always done um, with both foundations have always been fun. So it's not your typical nonprofit event. Fun for a really important cause. So we're really, really excited to participate. And thank you both for sharing your stories with us today, for being vulnerable and um, just letting us know what, what your days are like with your families and um, – and what's coming up next. It's really exciting. Yeah, and I know you had uh, shared earlier, Kristen, that you don't want to dismiss, you know, typical families and their their schedules of what they're doing with their, their day. But I think it's really important that we don't dismiss mm-hmm. all that you are doing yes. with your kids. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's a lot to keep your marriages strong as Truth. a part of that. <laughs> yes. It's a lot... Yes. In terms of even probably trying to find time for your own self-care. Yes. Yes. You know, and so I just, I need to acknowledge that sitting here with you guys. Oh, thank you. And I want to thank you for your love, the attention, the ability to be so present with your kids in a very difficult situation. And you women are very high functioning, and you even have, like, (laughs) enough bandwidth. Put on today. But you even have enough bandwidth. (laughs) This is not... The normal. <laughs> to, to, but to open this up then to help other parents yes. move through and navigate this, I'm just, my heart is just yeah. so full of, com- like, 
just thankfulness for what you women are doing and pioneering for other parents in the Orange County and L.A. County area. So thank you. you. Well said, Thanks for giving us the forum to be able to share, too, because this is how, you know, we all come to understand each other's experiences, right? Well, I I think we'd love to have you back because I think there's so much that we haven't even talked about. There's a lot more to unpack. About this, too, that I, I just would love to see more parents have an awareness. And also, you know, maybe some appreciation, too, for for the typical day. But I think I would love to talk a little bit more next time, too, about um, what parents can do about their self-care. Because Dana and I have had that conversation. Just so important to make sure you're getting what you need for yourself. And I'd love to talk about that more next time we have you on. And also how you shifted perspective. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we didn't really get to touch base on today. But I think that's a, a critical piece in how you're holding your consciousness so that you don't set yourself up with expectations that are, you know, that you're upsetting yourself all the time with, yeah, how you a, sit with the reality. It's a huge journey. It's ever-evolving. Yeah, ever-evolving, I mean, right? like, you know, well, if she does this then, and then you're like, oh, but if she does this then, and, <laughs> you know, you yeah. constantly, like right now with Charlotte, she's celebrating her 12th birthday uh, on the 5th of December, which is a huge milestone because children with Batten disease usually don't live past the age of 10. And so mm. I'm inviting all of her caregivers, health care givers um, to a luncheon to celebrate her and her year. And, um, you know, it's you just I think, too, just with a neurotypical parent, too, sometimes your child doesn't actualize what you dreamed for them, whether they're not going to be a super soccer star or um, an academic genius or maybe they're not going to be in the popular group or whatever it is. You know, sometimes you just have to bob and weave and, and set new expectations. And sometimes setting none is even better. <laughs> yes. It's very well said. Well, thank you both for being thank here. You. And we look forward to next time with you. Yay. To be continued. Yes, for sure. <laughs> wow, that was such an incredible conversation. I mean, it really put things in perspective for me. And I really love what they both shared. Even though they weren't asking us to feel this way, I just couldn't help but feel Like, I really need to think about things differently when I'm sweating the small stuff and complaining or worrying about silly things with my neurotypical children. It's it's uh, someone else has it much harder. And um, it was very humbling and moving to hear their stories. Yeah, I'm still sitting with um, just an appreciation for each each of them, Kristen and Dana, and what their their daily journeys are with with their kids, and um, you know, you and I have talked like we have we have some different specific issues with each of our own children. Um, but that being said, I also don't have to lift my child mm-hmm. on a regular basis to get them wherever they need to go. There's just certain additionals for Dana and Kristen that they have uh, shined a light on today that is not part of my parenting experience. Right. And so uh, I'm just sitting here with just such an appreciation about truly what they are trying to do for Orange County and bring alongside other families that are really needing the resources that they're talking about that the Gray Academy is providing in Santa Monica, but now we'll have that opportunity for families in Orange County. 
Yeah, I think that that was just another layer of just that everything they've been through and what they've done for their own families, but then to pay it forward for other families. And there's so many families in need of a school like the Gray Academy. So um, that was truly inspirational to hear about. The need for community is so essential regardless of, you know, the the if your child is typical or atypical. But to have this kind of community now that um, that Dana is trying to put together for Orange County, uh, it just makes me realize, one, that like we have to support this. Absolutely. We can't be on the sidelines for this. And this fundraiser that David Foster and Catherine McPhee Foster are collaborating uh, with the Gray Academy with is, is just exceptional. And yeah. so get your tickets, yeah. come out, be supportive of this December 11th and... Um, It's going to be a festive, fun event and one that should not be missed and for a really, really good cause. So thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. And you can find us on Instagram at Mainspring Family. Thank you again to Dan at Gold Pacific Studios, our sound engineer, Connor, and of course, our lovely producer, Cindy Murray. Thank you so much. Thank you.